Do you describe yourself as an empath? If so, you know firsthand the challenges personal relationships pose and the difficulty they present to the sensitive. So today we will discuss ways you can build on your relationship strategies using all your unique skills to bring you deeper love and real fulfillment. Welcome to the Modern Life and Spirit Podcast, where we explore spiritual topics relevant to today's world. Your hosts, certified psychic medium, Christina Wooten, and Reiki master teacher, Robert Wooten, break down how to work with spirit to create more positive growth in your life. Consider this podcast your go-to spiritual resource for navigating the modern world. Hey there, kindred spirits. This is Christina Wooten, and I'm here with Robert Wooten from SedonaMedium.com. And whether you're looking for love or years into a long-term relationship, being an empath poses some very unique challenges in the romantic department. Trust me, we know. Both of us are empaths, by the way. (laughs) As well as wonderful opportunities to deepen your love connection. For instance, how do you separate your feelings of love and attraction and make sure that they're yours and not coming from a potentially incompatible partner on a first date? Or how do you communicate those deep feelings you have without getting overwhelmed? Relationships is kind of a big and it's a bold topic. So that can involve dating being in a long-term partnership or a marriage. So let's talk about that first connection with someone. So finding a partner who flutters your heart and doesn't flip you out, right? So what does that look like? Knowing what we know from episode 16 about impasse. And if you haven't listened to episode 16, you might want to dive over and check out that because it's talking all about what clairsentience is, what it means to be an empath, how to know whether you are one. So you definitely want to hit there first and then come back to this. But with those awareness of what an empath is, how do you dive into partnership? How do you find that connection? So if you're an empath and you're looking to start a relationship You are generally very tuned in to honesty and open communication, and you figure out and sense the truth anyway. It's best to look for someone who is an open communicator and will tell you like it is, regardless of how they think you're going to respond. And telling it like it is is important, but it's also also considering your sensitivity levels. I mean, you don't want somebody who's just blunt and direct in a hurtful way or in a callous sort of way, but someone who encourages open communication, who encourages sharing and allows space for that. So if someone's interrupting you all the time or they're talking over you or they're repeating things back to you and it's not what you said, those are indicators that maybe it's not the right frequency or that's not a great communication match. But paying attention to that communication is going to be important because that's a challenge point for those with this ability, right, is to learn how to be able to bring out who they are to express themselves in a really beautiful and authentic way, and not taking on the responsibility for all the reactions of everyone else. I would think this would make online dating especially difficult or complicated, only because you can't really sense a person who they truly are from an online portal. People make up 
you know, profiles and they can put who they think they are, who they want to present themselves as. And you don't really know it until you show up in the room with that person. My thought is, is that a empath that is tuned into their own skills and their own needs probably fares better on a blind date than the average person would because they are able to sense the authenticity of the person once they are in the room with that person. Would you agree with that? I think that can be true. I I think that online dating can be really successful also. It's just a matter of being clear and honest in your assessment of yourself and communicating that in your profile and really looking at what your needs are, what you're wanting in a partnership, understanding what your skills are, what your sensitivity is, and what you need to be the best, most supported version of yourself. So really using those profiles to, you know, hit that hot button of, okay, on the first level, are they attractive? Do I feel an energetic connection with them? And do I feel like we have some similar goals or similar interests? And then really going that next level of, does this person appear to be an open communicator? Do they appear to be sensitive or, you know, connected with their family, for example? That's going to be a really good indicator of someone who uh, has more of a loyalty element, has like a deeper connection of acceptance. So looking for those types of things can be super helpful in your partner. So it's definitely possible. It is dependent on the other person being honest is whether you can discern that from the profile pictures or from what it is that you're reading. I don't think any there's any way that that tells the full story, but you can narrow things down if you're looking for the right thing, and then you'll know pretty quick. You just got to learn how to respond, like give your no early rather than, you know, impasse, like, well, maybe I'll feel him out. I'm going to give him a chance. Like maybe he wasn't having a really great day and he had a rough time at work. And then he came for this dinner and we did this together. And it's like all this like permission of, yeah, you can just be this way or do this. There's so much of that, which is a really beautiful thing about the impasse. But if you're making excuses for this person all the time or like constantly giving this permission, then learn how to recognize that behavior and just jump out like, okay, because really the empath needs that support. You know, they're, they're usually the ones who are being the supporters, but truly deserve to be supported as well. And so part of this discernment for finding that great match, that true love match is someone who's helping you be the best version of yourself. So really paying attention to your needs, your response in the moment to communication and to what you're seeing and your gut instinct. Because remember, empaths are amazing judges of character and can sometimes actually just see a flyer with somebody's face on it and be like, "Mm -mm, nope, you know, or something's off there. I don't know what it is, but I just don't love it. So, or the opposite can be like, I love this business card. Of all the business cards, this is the one. I can feel it. I know it. So using that particular skill can help. I would think they would need to be especially aware of energy vampires and narcissists. For some reason, narcissists (sighs) in particular seem to be really attracted to empaths. And they love to get into relationships with them and feed off of that energy and then just make, you know, a nightmare out of an empath life, it seems. The key there is don't fall for their charm and their pretend adulation of you because that is one of the keys they use to get in and to make you respond emotionally 
and think that they really like you and they're all about you. But if you listen to your feelings and you listen to what they're saying and they feel the authenticity of what it is they're saying, then you'll understand if you're dealing with an energy vampire or a narcissist. I'm glad that you brought this up because that connection can be really, really strong. And it's a learning relationship that can be super toxic for those that are empaths because they're essentially have a you have a parasitic individual working with you. I would encourage people to read about if you are an empath and you are in the dating world, not just specifically narcissists, but if you'll read about love bombing, love bombing, because that is a classic behavior for someone who's a narcissist when they're first dating or first starting out is to overwhelm with this just very generous, this attention, this connection, and it really can be very confusing. And for the empath at first, that can feel, wow, and they are being authentic in that moment in that that narcissist is like they're they're ready for the next step. They're trying to find their identity through you. They're, you know, super interested in that experience of like the addictive behavior of, oh, I get all the good feelings from you, but because I'm also getting things from you as well. So it's learning about that behavior. You can really kind of take this step back to go, is this really authentic? If he proposes on the second date, you're probably dealing with love bombing. So it's not to look at things with a skeptical or critical, but it's to really use discernment. And if you understand that aspect about narcissists, it will really help you to identify them more clearly. So once you're in the relationship or you've started dating someone, revealing who you really are takes courage uh, in all circumstances. But if you're wanting to build a solid foundation in your relationship, it's best to be open soon. This also applies if you find yourself in a relationship with an empath. Don't try to hide things about yourself because they're going to figure it out. And it's also really important to set clear boundaries from the start of your relationship. Yeah, I think that's really important is to, you know, have open communication about what your needs are so that there's not this tendency towards enmeshment or a tendency towards, you know, feeling threatened that you're going to lose your independence or lose your freedom, which is that freedom to have some alone time, that freedom to reconnect is super important for an empath. And so one who's learned that is going to really guard that and value it and sometimes feel a little nervous or threatened about jumping into a relationship, especially if they're not sure if that person's going to allow them that need to be met. And so communicating, being really open with your boundaries specifically of, I need this amount of time. And if you don't know that, it's just start with tracking your week. So over the next week, just start to track and pay attention to what your energy levels are from a day-to-day basis. And then you can go even more specific into this time of the day, I'm, you know, have more energy at this time, or I did this and I had less energy, or I did this and I had more energy. But the more that you start to become aware of that and aware of the patterns, the more that you're able to then communicate. So just bringing that awareness to it over the next week, you'll have some insight for sure. If you need some support, we have the um, Daily Intuitive Booster at SedonaMedium.com. You can download that and it has a page where you can track some of your energy too. So if you are an empath in a relationship, understanding that no one feels their feelings like an empath does. 
Although it requires training and practice to learn to separate your feelings from someone else's. But once you are in a relationship, an empath knows how to dive deep into their feelings. And they're pretty good at hitting the spot of complete and total honesty. But expressing that, on the other hand, might be a challenge, especially if you're in a relationship and you know that it's going to cause your partner pain to hear what you have to say. So understanding this is there's there's really two elements to it. Is is one learning how to honor and connect with your feelings to really be intentional about observing what those happen to be. One thing that I found, and this actually occurred more in a business environment for me, but is very applicable for an emotional environment, is that if I'm speaking with someone, for example, or particular people, and they're super, super excited about something, super excited about this project that they want me to be involved in, or I want you to do this. And that in the moment when I'm with them, in the beginning, before I started doing a whole lot of empathic work, then I would go, yeah, because I'm feeling all of their enthusiasm, right? And then I'd go home and like after two hours, I'm totally have, oh my gosh, like, I don't know. (laughs) Like, why did I commit to that? I don't have that feeling. Like I thought I had that feeling then. I just felt dread or uncomfortable about it. And so that's how I knew that that, you know, you're picking up on that other person's emotions and enthusiasm. So, you know, stepping away, learning to just check in. And my strategy there is to just, if I'm feeling all of that enthusiasm and excitement, and I'm not 100% sure where it's coming from, then I'm going to say something like, I love that this is really exciting that we're talking about that. What really helps me is to sit with this a bit and see what other ideas come up. And so let me get back in touch with you in a day or so when I have more of an implication or an understanding of what other options there are too. So just creating that permission of, all right, that's great, but not committing in the moment. Um, And that has been a real helper for me. (laughs) The same thing for in relationships, you can utilize that too. Okay, so let's talk for a minute about if two empaths are in a relationship together because you're going to be dealing with a lot of feelings bouncing around and feeling feelings bouncing around. So there can be some fireworks because there is a lot of uh, going back and forth of sensing and trying to feel what the other person is feeling or just incidentally feeling what the other person is feeling sometimes when you walk in the room. But handled properly, there can also be the deepest, truest, most open, honest form of love because you are totally open to your feelings but you're also open to their feelings and you can begin to really enrich your relationship as an empath, as two empaths together. This is always the question that empaths have to ask. Are you feeling your feelings or are you feeling their feelings or are you feeling them feeling your feelings as a reflection? So you, so as an example, you might be thinking about something or feeling something and maybe you're a little anxious about it, and you walk into the room, and your empath partner can sense that there's something that you're feeling that is making you anxious, and then they become anxious because they feel you being anxious, and then you feel them being anxious, and you it reflects back to you, and now you think they're anxious about something that you, you don't know that it's they're feeling what you're feeling, and it can become this whole circle of anxiety that didn't have to be that way if you are paying attention to the fact that you're walking into the room with this anxiety 
and you can separate the, the other person in the room can separate their feelings from your feelings and understand that that's just you but it can be handled really well with open conversation and open communication about how you're feeling and then that person can recognize oh okay i was feeling this way because you were feeling anxious this is not my anxiety it's yours well also i think we've learned to really respect each other's boundaries in such a way that if i'm stressed or if i'm anxious about something you don't need to fix it so you don't i haven't given you that permission like to come over here and you need to fix it okay so that i think is very apparent so having physical space or like being able to process it individually is really helpful and i love that we have that space of if you're stressed and you're like energy is just feeling kind of expulsive to me it feels like a porcupine is in the room and just stabbing me all the time so i just walk in the other room and then process or go outside or do whatever i'm doing you know i think in your case i would say that if i'm you know irritated or agitated about something that i communicate directly i'm feeling kind of stressed this is what it's in reference to and i'm just going to process it for a little while and you've done good to give me both physical space and also emotional space that once i processed it then i usually communicate there what wouldn't work for me for example is if someone pushed me after i'm like i'm feeling stressed i'm feeling anxious i need this space if someone's like well let's really talk about it and i'm going to come over and like that that would be very invasive of how i process and so that would be an unhealthy relationship for me and so if i'm getting into that kind of dynamic you know someone who f- would maybe feel offended when I said that or feel like I was um, pushing them off in some way or not connecting with them emotionally because I wasn't share it. You know, I'll share things afterwards, but I have to go through what I'm going through first to bring everything full circle. And so I think that that's important is, and I recognize that that process can be different for different people. So it's super important for you guys listening to know your strategies and to have a partner that loves you enough to respect that too and to not take it personally that it's a rejection of an individual that you know well you're not sharing this with me or you're needing this space it's to recognize that that can be a important coping strategy depending on how your partner processes when you have open communication in any form i think it's important to be able to check your ego against your feelings and understand when a person says they just need a little space or they need a little time. It is not a rejection of you and it's not an ego slap against you. It's their needs, not your needs. And as an empath, it's important to understand that even though you're sensing that other person's needs, you don't necessarily have to do something about it. Healthy empaths aren't enablers. And it's not feeling like you have to take on the responsibility of every emotion that your partner is having or needing to fix it because it makes you uncomfortable too. It's just learning how to have that open, loving communication and also loving connection that respects one another and respects your unique sensitivities and unique abilities. So as an empath, your natural tendency is always to create peace and calm, sometimes at all costs, right? And most empaths don't like conflict, and many will do anything to avoid it. But sometimes stuff just needs to be said. 
So being able to navigate through tough conversations with your empathic powers intact requires some skill and practice. And Christina, talk to us a little bit about some tips that people can use to help minimize the stress that empaths know all too well when conflict is unavoidable. Well, the advantage, if conflict is unavoidable, the great advantage with this for an empath is not being caught off guard, of knowing that you have the ability to schedule a time when you're ready, when you're able to dive into it. So by creating a specific time to go back to revisit something or to have that difficult conversation allows you the opportunity to put your feelings into words. So I usually suggest if it's something where you need to be targeted, then write things down, maybe puts add a little bit of bullet points that you bring with you to the conversation so that if you kind of get lost in the whole energy of the thing, you have these elements to uh, refocus and that you really want to communicate. In addition, you get to choose times, hopefully, that will work for you where you'll be most energized, where you're going to be able to perform some self-care before or self-care afterwards, like maybe afterwards you go for a walk and really cleanse yourself or do a little bit of extra grounding or you know, do it before something that is relaxing for you, like a yoga class. And sometimes, depending on the situation, having a targeted time allotment of we're going to give this 30 minutes and being able to hold to that so that, okay, I got I to gotta leave it this time for my yoga class gives you the opportunity to stay very focused on the things that need to be communicated. So knowing that it's coming can be helpful so that you can target it and be prepared for it energetically, and also to just protect your energy. So if you're creating a bubble, we've talked about that before, where you're shielding yourself energetically. I'll put something about that in the show notes here for episode 17, so that you're able to to do that in advance beforehand. So that would be one, definitely instituting a no yelling rule. That type of energy can be painful. It can be very uncomfortable. It's also a very violent form of communication. And when somebody's yelling, they're not listening. You're not, as an empath, going to be able to hear anything that they're saying the moment that ratchets up. So creating an agreement between you and a partner of, if I'm at this place where I'm that frustrated, we're going to, we'll need to take a time out. We're going to take a break here at this space and walk away. And then we'll come back and revisit it when we're in a better space. Because once it reaches that place, it moves from being loving, positive, constructive communication to de- destructive communication. And that's particularly something, you know, with yelling, you're overloading the senses. And that's harder to cleanse out specifically having that respect for one another of no yelling, that we're going to be present. These are kind of the rules of engagement that you don't sometimes go, well, this is okay. And sometimes it's not okay. It's really just, we create it, we create it together and we abide by that. And then I'd also say just, again, take that time out. If you start to feel overloaded and overwhelmed you start to get tired, if you're, you have listening fatigue, make sure you're tuning in also to your energy of, man, I'm, <laughs> I'm starting to get overloaded. I need to process here. So 
I appreciate what you're sharing. I really need to process what you're sharing so that we can go deeper with it. And I may come back with some questions to just help me understand what you're saying with this. But let's take a break. So let's take a two hour break, set a time limit on it, or let's reconvene tomorrow. We'll talk at this time. But that way, if you do need to take a break, you're also respecting your partner so that they're not going to feel like, well, you're never going to come back to me and listen to that next half of what I had to say. <laughs> and then they're going to feel frustrated about that. So it's a good compromise to just have that specific time allotment of when you are going to come back. But if you need to step away and go outside, take some breaths, do some grounding exercises, whatever it is to just allow yourself to be as receptive as possible. And it's, of course, not an excuse to just be disrespectful to your partner and, you know, leave every five minutes every time they want to share something with you. And the beautiful thing is, I don't even feel like I need to say that because all of you guys and, you know, empaths in general are so are kind natured and very sensitive. So it's not that of type of avoidance, you might avoid conflict, but you're going to come from a place of love and respect. So that I think is a beautiful thing. And lastly, just understanding and expressing your needs. So remembering how important having some alone time is, making sure that you're saving that space for you, because that's how you're going to get clear on what's your energy and have that discernment between yours and other people. So that alone time helps you with that even in a relationship. Spend time out in nature just with fresh air and sunshine that really diffuses energy. So when you're in a space where you do feel overloaded, getting outside and using that light and fresh air will help to release some of that from the auric field without necessarily having to process it directly. So big tip there. And peace and quiet. <laughs> peace and quiet's a big one. This can sometimes be a little challenging if you have children and, you know, other factors that are at play. Or if you have that, those upstairs neighbors from that funny video who, we'll have to link that, <laughs> who are like, in, they're, they're sound artists for upstairs and they're intentionally trying to, you know, create this uh, atmosphere constantly 24-7 of noises living in this apartment. Anyway, I'll link that just for fun because it's a great video. It's one of my faves. But loud noises like constant talking, constant sound and engagement doesn't give you enough yin energy. So you're going to want to have that balance and make sure you're having that peace and quiet and that that you're sharing with your partner that that's just part of a need that you have. So make sure that you're allowing yourself, you know, not to get too stimulated, you're really checking in with what's going on and you're giving yourself opportunities um, for breaks with listening and breaks in stimulation. One of the things I really like also is spending quiet time together where you are in the presence of your partner and you're doing something just quiet together. This is really great for you empaths that are in relationship, especially with other empaths, that you can just be be together, the two of you, maybe reading a book or listening to some soft music. If you set a time for, say, like 15 minutes of just sitting alone quietly together, uh, you'll be amazed at what that does for your bonding time together. I watched a video, and I mentioned this in one of my Facebook Lives recently, with Hugh Jackman. 
And he was talking about this habit that he has with his wife where they get up, they do some Wim Hof exercises, like get out in the cold, and then they come back and like get back in bed or on the couch, wherever, and they read just silently together. It's their way of creating quality time at the very beginning of the day. And we started integrating that as we moved into 2021 and really love and cherish and appreciate that time. And it's a wonderful way to just start the day from from a quiet, loving, together place. So I've really enjoyed that as a new way to integrate things. And another need to just keep your eye on is learning to ask to receive rather than constantly feeling like you need to be the giver or getting out of balance with being the giver. So a unique challenge for all of us is the tendency to always be giving and showing other people your love. But if you're not also receiving in return, you're going to be out of balance, tired, overloaded, and just kind of go into shutdown mode. And that shutdown mode can look like burnout in other areas of your life, either physically or just emotionally, where you feel disconnected and not yourself and have to rediscover who you are all over again, because you're just out of connection. So don't be afraid to just openly share, like, I need to refocus or communicate openly that you need extra support and what you need help with. So communicating that, hey, okay, I'm going to need extra support with taking this load off my plate. And so just sharing that, communicating with it, knowing that the more that you're seeking help, the more you're able to grow and you're able to expand and allow that process to happen, which is really beautiful. So we hope these tips will help you develop more and deeper love and intimacy in your relationships and help you cultivate a sense of connectedness with your partner that expresses the truest nature and blessing of the gifts of being an empath. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to check out SedonaMedium.com and sign up for our email to get more incredible content to just help you on your spiritual journey. If you have questions for us, please feel free to reach out. If you would, wherever you're listening to us today, go ahead and rate us. Give us some feedback. Let us know what you're enjoying, what episode's your favorite, what's resonating with you. We love to hear that. Thank you for those that have given us ratings. We are thankful and appreciate you. And thanks for listening. The Modern Life and Spirit podcast is for informational purposes only. The information provided is not intended to provide medical, psychological, legal, or financial advice. Information provided is not to diagnose or treat any medical or psychological illness. To read the full disclaimer, see SedonaMedium.com.